Welcome to episode 26 of the Bravo Zulu podcast. Tonight I'm going to be doing a little solo venture here. Haven't heard from just myself in a while. I know you miss my voice and not being interrupted by other guests. And in this episode, I'm going to cover a couple of topics. We're going to be uh, talking about leaders and how they uh, often write off sailors or in any job when your goals don't align with theirs. Uh, we're going to touch on uh, the rise of CPO Inc. And uh, hot off the press, uh, I think I'm a couple of days late with this one, but a Navy officer in Yakuska writes a letter to the housing office, Dragon Enlisted Sailors. Stay tuned after these commercial breaks. And welcome to the show, episode 26 again. Here we go. All right, first off, um, we're going to talk about how leadership in really any job, it doesn't matter what job, but you know, my experience being the Navy. Uh, recently, I had a, a performance um, evaluation or midterm evaluation, as it's called. And oftentimes, whenever I do this with the sailor or a manager does it with their employee, you know, you try to find out what their goals are for the next year, two or three, what where they're trying to go at with the company, or in the Navy and what their intentions are for their next couple of years for us. It kind of works in the seashore flow of things for like two or three years through five years, depending on what your rotation is. So if you're at a command, I'll just break it down, you know, simplistic. If you're at a command for three years, most of the time you're like, Hey, what, what, what's the goals for the next three years, right? Year one, year two, year three, where do you want to get out of this? What rank do you want to be? What, what achievements do you want to do? And setting yourself up for the next spot. Because usually people are transferring from one to another place. But currently in my situation, I'm looking forward to retirement. And there won't be another transfer. Got five years left and all those five years are here at this one command. And then, you know, transferring to USS Civilian, backyard, whatever, you know, little thing you want to put it on it. Give my DD-214 blanket to keep me safe at night, right? If you know, you know. And so during this evaluation, like the first thing that we started off with was like, where do you see yourself after this command? And I thought, you know, well, damn, that's uh, that jumps out five years immediately. We're not even going to touch on this command. But, you know, I was like retirement. That's that's where I see myself. <laughs> and uh the, the quick reaction to that was, oh, so you don't want to make senior chief. For those who don't know, senior chief is E8 um, in the military enlisted, you know, the eighth rank of the enlisted uh, side of things. And I was just kind of taken back. Like, what, 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 what makes you think I don't want to make senior chief in the next five years? I do not want to keep getting the same paycheck for the next five years. I would like a raise other than my annual two to four percent or whatever it might be. For the next five years right i'd like a, a pay increase so yes i do want to make it and we had a discussion about that but it's also been in my experience you know before i was a chief as a first class as lpo dealing with junior sailors and having these same, same conversations with junior sailors and hey where what do you want from this what do you want to do where are you going after this and sometimes you know it's the same thing oh i plan on getting out and it's the conversation usually on my side would go different. It was never like, oh, so you don't want to make a petty officer. You don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. A lot of times it was a lot more, 
oh, so, okay, you want to get out. Cool. So in order to set yourself up best to get out, you should do ABC one, two, three, and that's going to do the best. And, you know, sometimes they didn't like that. And it was, it was a, you'd go into a long lengthy discussion and, you know, I've had sailors say they don't want to make rank, right? No, I don't care about making rank. I just want to do my four or five years and get out. So I'm not really interested in making rank. And I would kick it back to them like, you're not interested interested in making money? And once you kind of broke it down like that, they'd be like, oh. I was like, yeah, man. Like, why would you not be interested in making money every other year, every two years, getting a pay raise? You should want to make more money. It doesn't matter if you want to get out. You should want to make more money and do the best you can. But oftentimes, managers, leaders, once they hear that your intentions are not <coughs> to not, excuse me, not to stay with the company, um, it's an immediate write-off, right? They don't need to invest time into you. They don't need to invest um, the biggest thing, time, resources into you because you've made your mind up of what you want to do and they don't, they just don't need that. They don't need to do any of that, right? And it, it's, I'd say it's a little bit different, you know, having not been a civilian ever really as an adult, <clears throat> I think it's a little bit different because in the Navy, when you tell them this, oftentimes, and I can speak from being on both sides, uh, sometimes we get offended. I'm a leader, I'm, I'm a chief, you know, so sometimes we get offended, like, oh, what? You don't want to do this? But, I, I'd say, but the difference between me and some where me having the conversation to others and the conversation being had to me, I've had sailors that I've known their intentions were to get out. And those same sailors were still put up for of the year boards, still winning boards, you know, still performing and getting everything they deserved for their performance, knowing clearly that within a year they were going to get out. And people, and, and, you know, sea story, one, one sailor once told me during a board that we we're holding for a blue jacket, which is like your E4 and below, sometimes E3 and below, of the year, when when the last question came around, of why should we pick you? They clearly said, because I'm actually staying in the Navy, unlike so-and-so. <laughs> and and some people are like actually liked it, and I hated it, because that that's not why we should pick you that's why you're saying why we shouldn't pick them and you're saying that all the work they've put into doesn't count because they're getting out you do the work and you get what you deserve and what you've earned not just not so much what you deserve but what you've earned right and it's just really really interesting that it was such a quick write of write off of oh you don't want to make senior chief i was like that's crazy i was like no i, I definitely do but I'm also not going to go, you know, someone say above and beyond out of my way. And I use the word stab people in the back to climb the ladder of promotion. You know, um, I'm here to do a job to achieve the mission and we will get to that and we'll do that. And whatever I've earned, I expect to be given because I've earned it. Right. Um, but that's, that's as far as that goes. And the conversation carried on went different places. But I just think it's uh, very interesting that when when you're not aligned with the company, the company quickly starts, you know, wanting to get rid of you and not give you your your dues. And that's something we definitely need change, whether it's, 
you know, again, not being a civilian, but you should keep an eye on it. If you're a civilian listening, you should keep an eye on it in your business of place. Are you getting what you deserve, what you've earned, even though people might know you're on the way out or something? And if not, you know, how are we changing that? As leaders in the Navy, how are we changing that? You know, should we be changing it? How, how are you doing it now? Do you need to take a look at it? Put yourself under the microscope and think to yourself, you know, uh, maybe I've treated that person unfairly because I've known what their intentions are and I haven't given them the, 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 their, their due, the time, the resources I've given other people. And I'm telling you, in the Navy, and the military, it's really easy as a leader to just write them off. Right? Cool. Well, you're only here for a year, so I'm just going to put you as uh, the DCPO. I'm going to put you out and give them all of the shit jobs. And it does nothing for them. All it does really is make it clear to them that they want to get out. Instead of trying to work them over and, and keep them in or, or show them all the good things that of why they should stay in or you know the benefits of staying in for them, we put them in the worst positions. And all it does is make them 110% sure that getting out was the right choice. And maybe it was, maybe they come back in, maybe who knows. But at that moment when they make the decision, they have no regrets about it at all because we did it to them, right? So that's that first topic I just want to talk about and and just kind of open up your minds about it. Think about it. Next one I I brought up was uh, the rise of CPO Inc. And that's something else, uh, I've been listening to a couple other podcasts and um, just different different podcasts all in general talking about not the Navy necessarily, but just these different topics that have got the, the hamster on the wheel turning in, in the brain here. And it, it's crazy that uh, the rise of CPO Inc., of how the chief's mess has become such a business. And it's not just the chief's mess or, or, or chiefs and the CPO thing. Right. But it's like leadership also, right. It's, it's a, it's a both. One part of it is a CPO mess, how that has become such a business. And I'm, I'm trying to like, I know I've been part of it. I've contributed to it, but I've not lost sight of the more important function Right. I believe that, like there's a time and place and, and when you can do both or one or the other of like straight up chiefing leadership, you know, leading sailors, people creating sailors out of young people, young adults. And then the other part of it where it's like, let's do the fundraising, let's do the the fellowship stuff. Let's um, help each other. Let's go to the events and all that. And, you know, coming from shore duty that had a mess that was very, very successful in all of that is really fun. It was really cool, but our mess also had no problem in going and taking care of the business end of things, even though that business end was much smaller and a lot less. Um, I don't, I don't think significant is the right word, but it's the word I'm going to use because we didn't have a lot of junior sailors, right? Most of the sailors around us were senior E6 and above second, third tour E5s like, so they, they should know what the what the business is. And, and our guidance to them was not as involved on the daily basis as what it usually is when you're on sea duty, ship squadron, submarine, whatever. Okay. So, you know, we did a lot of coin selling. 
and the coins sold very good. And I've participated heavily in that. And, but that was, you know, part of our, uh, part of our functioning mess there of, of doing this regularly to keep our beast of a mess going with other things, right? Um, supporting local communities, um, having any kind of function that we had was totally paid for. And we never had to come out of pocket because our one year coin sale would do that great. And it was awesome. It was cool. But when you couple, you know, that in with the rest of the Navy and all these messes and all the t-shirts and mugs and which mostly mugs are, are paid for by the uh, person, not by the mess, but by the person and it's for that command. And then they go to a new command and they got to buy a new mug. You don't have to, but usually you do end up with, you know, mugs from all the different places you've been stationed as the chief. So, but like when you get into, you see it, like how some of it is becomes more important. That becomes more about that than it becomes about the, the sailors around them or even the chiefs around them. It becomes more focused on the merch, the swag, right? All that stuff. And we get away from what's truly important. And, you know, some of this you could see in like, uh, in other things, not just merch and that stuff, but in the way, um, you know, some portray themselves on social media. And, you know, that's my soapbox, right? Uh, we got a couple episodes about it early in the early in the library. You know how a chief will portray themselves on social media websites, Facebook, um, and pages and groups to show themselves as being something more than what they are, or to portray themselves as being something that they they might not be, or that they're striving to be, but they're still failing. You know, back at home where their sailors needed the most and who knows like i don't know those people personally i don't know how their divisions and all that are doing i always say that right but you know it's one of those how much time do you have like why are you trying to sell it here so much right um whether it's the and that's that's more of the leadership thing if, if you if you look at all those books that everyone's always reading and always referring to they're good books they have good information i have a couple i've read a couple but you can read them all you want and and after a certain point your experience of, of having enough experience you're going to be reading the books and it's more like just reading your life right not too many of them should be teaching you too many new things they should just kind of be reminding you of things you already knew or saying it in different words but I always felt like you should always be nodding your head up and down. Yes, I know that. Yes, I know that. Yes, I do that. Yes, I do that. Or maybe, yes, I know that. Yes, I don't do that. Yes, I should maybe try that more. And, and you know, that that's good. But as a leader with the years in and the experience, you know, on, on the leadership scene, what, what are you, how many new things are you are you learning? How many new ways, you know? And so when you read the John C. Maxwell, when you read the Jocko and Willing books and all this, like, how, like, I just, how much of is it, like, you should not be having light bulbs, like, shining bright all of a sudden. And if you are, you're probably doing things wrong, things wrong for a very long time beforehand. And it's good that the light bulb's on now and, the, and you can recalibrate and come in with new ways. 
but depending on how far along you are in the journey of, of your career, it might also be an indicator that you need to hang it up, right? You know, you're at 19, 20 years or something, and the light bulb's finally going off that now you get it. Now you're going to go and, and change the way you've been for the last 18, 19 years and all of a start doing it the quote-unquote right way. Man, like, more power to you if you want to, but you've probably affected a lot of people in the negative, right? And you might not have enough time to, to make up for that. And you can't make up for it, right? You just can't. Those people are done. You, you've you've impressed upon them what you've impressed. And, um, you know, change for the better for yourself, but might be time to hang up the, the boots and move on to something else. But, you know, it, it's just the rise of all that, right? Leadership is something, is being sold. That's why you can find so many books at any, you know, on Amazon, on, on the bookstore, if you got one nearby you, Barnes, Noble, whatever. Uh, but it's it's being sold. And we sell it as chiefs via the Facebook pages and groups. We sell it via the merchandise, the 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 coins, the T-shirts, all that. We're selling it as a brand, but oftentimes we're not poor, we're not doing it in real life, right? It's like if, if you look at branding things and you're like, hey, um, Nike, right? Just do it, athletes. And they had me as one of their spokespeople. It's not working, man. I'm not that dude, okay? I'll buy the shoes. I'll wear the gear. I like it. I'll do my little workouts in it. But I'm not the one up here that should be portraying it. And we're selling a lot of product via a lot of different ways. And a lot of us are not the advertisement that, that we're seeing in the magazine when we're actually out there, if that makes sense to y'all. Anyways, uh, moving on to that one. Um, all right, this next one. Uh, we're talking about this. Uh, I got the article up here I'm going to pull from. It's a Stars and Stripes article. A Navy officer under scrutiny for letter disparaging enlisted sailors as deviants and perverts. This shit wild. Okay. Uh, shout out to the Yakuska um, enlisted out there doing your thing, apparently pissing off uh, officers and keeping it deviant and perverted <laughs> this is wild um it has their name here uh, I'll, I'll drop it because it's in the article uh lieutenant nathaniel allison of the naval hospital yakuza a for my uh medical and doctor out there if you know him um tell him what's up tell him bravo zulu podcast uh, would like to hear from him and hear his side of the story although we have the letter here some quotes out of it so um, the message that he wrote to the housing office was filled with spelling and grammatical errors. That's not good, man. You should have your uh, your chief check that first before you route it up and uh, make sure it's good to go or check it out with uh, your department head if you want because that's not a good look there, uh, sir, lieutenant. Um, this is what part of the letter said. It condemns enlisted sailors as perverts. That's in quotes. And accuses them of egregious behavior such as rape involvement in drug cartels and attacking each other with hatchets. Now, some of this is true as like you could look up articles and, you know, sailors have done some of these things. Okay. Uh, Marines, drug cartels, rape. Yes. It, it's sad and it happens. And, you know, hopefully it, it, it could never happen, but yes, 
attacking each other with hatchets, that's a new one. But I'd be curious as to where he's drawing these conclusions from in his housing development, which we'll get to that. Uh, Here's a quote straight out of the letter he wrote. There are often drunk and often... What? (laughs) Start over. There are often drunk and often hostile sailors hanging around enlisted housing, the letter states. Housing with enlisted greatly increases the risk to my family. I have a good-looking family, a wife, and two daughters ages three and four. They are prime targets to be victims for these enlisted deviant activities. Wow. There it is, people. That's straight from the letter he wrote to housing. Excuse me. Um, That's great. Like, He's definitely implying things here, right? To say that he has a good-looking family and a wife and two daughters, and they're greatly at risk. And you match that up with the previously, you know, egregious behaviors that he listed. I think he's really trying to imply something here, okay? Um, and, and it's uh, like people are are capable of any and everything, okay? But to to Im- throw implications out there of enlisted sailors. And not officer sailors, right? He doesn't say officers. It's just he's directing towards the enlisted. It's pretty, um, it's pretty sad. Pretty sad. So this came, uh, oh, there's a YouTube video also. Uh, you know, hey, make sure you read the show notes. I will have links to this article and the, I'll find the YouTube video uh, the best I can. And I'll bo- post both of those links in the show notes so you can read it for yourselves and watch the video. I have not watched the video yet. Um. So the the Yuska, Yukuska housing office declined to comment, of course, right? Uh, oh, it's a little late here. Excuse me. Um, the base hospitals investigating the letter for the strong remarks and language used, said the captain of the uh, hospital there. Her quote was, I'm aware of the recent allegation that a member of our staff sent a letter to the housing office with comments disparaging to enlisted service members. We're conducting an internal investigation into the matter, and if any allegations are found to be true, we will take appropriate actions. I'm curious as to what those appropriate actions would be, right? Because although, you know, that's not cool what he fucking said. He's a real dick, little fucking lieutenant, right? Um, What, what are you going to get him for? You know what I mean? I'd be interested hearing from a legal person as to what could they really pin on him for writing that letter. And and another thing I never trust is internal investigations. I, I don't trust those. I just don't like investigations to be done from an, an out, not a, you know, third party outside source, but an outside source. It should not be someone in the hospital. Not in this case, right? And not in most cases. In this case, you know, it should be someone from the base, not from the hospital, coming in and finding out what the fuck is going on with this guy and, and whatever else. Um. Oh, okay. Here's here's where Allison's command is working with the housing office to confirm the letter's authorship. Hospital spokesman uh, Erica Figueroa told Stars and Stripes on the phone call. What? Okay, so they're they're already hedging bets, right? That that's why I said I don't trust internal investigations because they're trying to make sure that it was actually him. Like, why else would why would anyone? write a letter on behalf of Lieutenant Nathaniel Allison to the housing detachment, to the housing unit, right? 
saying this kind of shit. You know, especially the part about I have a good looking family, a wife and two daughters. Who who pins a letter for someone else, fraudulent, right? And then adds a detail like that. And, and you know, that they're good looking, their ages, and that they're at risk from the enlisted say, Like, I don't, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. That's what I'm saying. And internal investigation. And the first thing they want to do is make sure, I mean, I understand you want to make sure it's him, but I think that's, uh, that's clearly, you know, uh, trying to move into, to shielding him the, you know, initially and, and the most they can, which is bullshit. It's under investigation, as is any case with someone allegedly acts in a way that is counter to our standards of behavior. Mm. Excuse me. I said it's late. Um, oh, all right. More from the letter. Here we go. The letter states that officers are more respectable than enlisted members and that Allison's children's should, quote, only be friends with officers' children's. And his wife, quote, only friends with officer wives. He also expressed concern that his officer colleagues would not want to visit him in enlisted housing. <laughs> Yo, the, you know what it sounds like is a bitch ass LT that fucking, you know, they stuck him in this housing because maybe they're full up on the officer housing or something. I don't know how housing is over there. Or maybe he's there until he could get a place out in town or something. Who knows? I don't know. Never... Uh, it's been a long time since I was stationed overseas. That's my first tour, and I, I lived in the barracks. Okay, so I know all about enlisted. We never fucking uh, threw hatchets at each other. But it sounds like he's pissed that he's in the enlisted housing, right? Um, with the with the scum of the earth, and <laughs> he wants to get out of there, and he's going to do whatever he can to get himself out of there. And he wrote this letter because he don't want to be around them because. This is how he truly feels. You know, only friends with his children, only friends with other officer children. Like that's, you know, we'll, we'll take this a step deep. And you know, that's how hate is taught, right? It doesn't matter what kind of hate. That's how hate is taught right there is when you teach your children that they can only be friends and be around other certain children, right? It doesn't matter if it's only, it doesn't matter what it's based on. In this case, it's based on rank. Right? Are you fucking kidding me, dude? This dude's a dick. And his wife only friends with other officers' wives. Motherfucker, people don't want to be friends with your wife, probably. Not enlisted. I was going to say some other things. I'll, I'll stop there. <laughs> Think about it, y'all. You you might be able to figure it out. All right, so, um, you know, it's posted on Facebook, the letter, and this and that, and here we go. Um, oh, this is, uh, oh, this is in the Aikigo housing if you're from yakuza you're listening you've been there and you know about akigo housing uh you know hit me up and on the hotline or via email let me know how it goes are they really having hatchet wars over there let me know you know i'd like to get some firsthand ex uh, not experience but firsthand stories experience um well this is just amy amy on fucking facebook talking about she always feels safe and whatever whatever but this is wild i can't stop yawning um, this is crazy, yo. Like, to, <laughs> to write a fucking Karen letter <laughs> and like 
what the man that I, I i'd like to see the whole letter this is just the article i'd like to see the whole letter see everything he writes this is pretty fucked up but you know it's not surprising either you know i think there's probably a lot of uh officers that feel this way towards enlisted and you know what there's a lot of enlisted that feel a certain type of way towards officers and they probably feel that way towards officers because they feel that most officers feel this way towards them it's like a never-ending cycle right you know, we hate them because they hate us and we only hate them because they hate us and they hate us because we hate them. And it just keeps going and going and going and going. Right. It's like Batman and Joker. You know, they got to be together. You gotta have both of them. Right. Or you don't have the other. And it, that's true here. <laughs> and but, you know, the the parts that really stand out is, is the. His family's greatly increases the risk. Ain't no one trying to fuck with your family, man. Like, I don't care how wild and crazy it might get. It's enlisted housing. It's not enlisted barracks. Okay, now, if you told me the barracks, I might be like, yeah, you might want to get this dude's family away from the barracks. Okay, barracks tend to be a little bit crazier. It's enlisted housing. Yes, it might get crazy. What's he afraid of? Being invited over for some fucking barbecue and spades? Probably because he don't know how to play spades. I can tell you that much right now. Okay. <laughs> but you know it's just man this dude's a real dickweed that's all i got for that <laughs> that's wild this dude i can't believe uh he said shit like that hey um you know we'll go ahead and wrap that with that again i'll be dropping all the notes to this and i'll try to find the youtube channel or the youtube video about it in the show comments you know so you can click the links on those and uh go check them out you know, and you can also visit anchor.fm uh, backslash Bravo Zulu podcast, right? And, you know, if you want to support, there's ways on there that you can support to help the podcast growing. And, um, you know, it'll be real good. And, uh, you know, we're, we're making moves into video, hopefully by the end of the year, get set up for that. And, you know, we're going strong here. 25, 26 episodes in. We got a thousand downloads. It's going beautiful. And it's all because of you, the listeners. So let's keep it going. Don't forget to like, uh, share, subscribe, all that. Leave a review on Apple to Apple podcast. That really helps out a lot. And uh, thanks for listening again. Yeah, I almost forgot to do my disclaimer because... <laughs> This one definitely needs it. For more information on how you can support the podcast, please visit anchor.fm backslash podcast. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of myself, Joshua Moore, and the individuals involved that do not necessarily represent the DOD, DOM, or those of the respected institutions or organizations. Thanks for joining us.